Hello, Scotty. Hello, Mr. Fox. What a pleasure it is to have you in my ears again. I think you're lying. I think you're just saying that just to try and make up for all the meanness you, you piled on last week. Oh, I see. So I try and be nice and I'm wrong. I be nasty and I'm wrong. I'm just I'm just in your eyes wrong. As my mum would say, I'm I'm a wrong un. <laughs> you are a wrong The titles just make themselves. <laughs> Well, basically, as, I, as I'm as i always wrong, I guess we better call you Mr. Right. I am Mr. Right. You know what I've been right about this week? Uh, John, you're right about everything. So, I mean, we could pick any subject in the world, but, let, but uh, I will let you explain. What have you been right about? Well, I've been working, uh, experimenting with uh, speech to text um, because I wanted to do some work as a follow-on to the hack day that I lost. Um, and I wanted to, to spend some time experimenting. I did it over the weekend, some evenings to try and see what it would take to to go from something where part of it was was faked, as one has to do in a hack day. There's only so much you can get done in, in, in a 24-hour period. And part of that involved uh, doing speech to text. And uh, the, the reason I was doing it is because I wanted to be able to get the exact timing where a particular word or you know any given word would appear. Um, and seeing if that could be helped out if you had the original text, um, because for for audio and for 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 you know many video programs, uh, certainly all ours, there's closed captions available, and the closed caption timing is 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 not word for word. It's just basically phrases, and it's timed uh, according to the requirements of of legibility. And sometimes it's slightly edited, and sometimes they'll have other text that's in there to indicate who's speaking, like if you switch character or if there's sound effects and things like that. So it's 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 not purported to be a, a you know a, a second accurate or whatever completely accurate timing for any given word, but at least tells you that out of a one hour video at minute two two and, and ten seconds, whatever that's when it's supposed to appear on the screen. Um, and so that was important for our hack. Um, and then, but in terms of matching things up, if you want to do AV mutable uh, composition, which is fun to play with, I don't know if you've ever played with that, but it, it is fun to play with. Um, the time is, 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 you know, it's all about how to time track. So if you want to do things like replace a word or to time the animation to appear with a particular word or phrase or whatever, you need to have accurate times. Um, and so if you're doing it in a video editor, that's why you go to, to scrub things, you know, using a slider and, and a waveform editor to be able to say, oh, I can see in the waveform where this speaking, you know, begins. And then you can sit there and say, oh, okay, well, that's one minute, 10, 10 seconds and some number of frames. Um, but then you have to kind of manually guess it and create your data. The, the, the hope I had had is that if I were to run speech to text, it would give me the exact timing. Well, I, it turns out that there are, you know, multiple APIs available. And at first I thought, well, certainly Google will have it. And I tried to use Google's API and it was uh, a little bit tricky to get set up. And then online sample where you could test it. So I tested and it was kind of accurate. Um, but what had caught my eye is that for each word, it would not only give you the confidence in, in, in its reading of it, but it would give you the exact time and duration. It's like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. So um, the thought of having to use a Google API was, you know, in my hack was not fun, not for anything against Google. It's just that you'd have to then package up the, the data, send it to them, wait for the response to come back. Um, and then I discovered that uh, Apple actually has their complete API. I, I wasn't aware of that. Um, I mean, I know obviously they have speech to text, otherwise Siri wouldn't work, but I didn't know that they had exposed it all for general purpose use. And so they do. Um, 
and there's some sample code out there, but it's when it works, it's spectacularly good. And when it doesn't, it's just maddening that it can miss something. It's like, how could you recognize this word, you know, 10 seconds ago, but now you don't get it the same clarity. And, and, and why do you, why do you kind of fail three out of 10 times? So it was fun to work with. It was just lots of fun to play with there. I'll shut up for a second. You don't need to show that's, that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you're obviously only playing around the hack day, but do you feel and I know the hack day was slightly, and we've not told people what it is, it was slightly tongue-in-cheek, but you could see where it might go to you know, some useful usages in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, you, do you think, is, and encourage you that this is something that you're going to explore more, or you're saying we're not quite ready yet? No, well, I think I, I will, because that's the interesting thing, is that um, you know there, there are lots of uses for, for, for speech to tech in any app, and certainly for accessibility purposes, there's nothing greater than just being able to talk to your app. I mean, and and Apple obviously gives APIs for doing that with voice control, but the whole process for doing it is is basically correlating your voice with a particular action that you want to take on screen. Do you want to scroll? Do you want to tap? And, you know, the accuracy works really well because if you think about it, they've been able to train their models to with billions and billions of, of, of instances of people saying scroll or tap or, or you know, um, you know, one, two, you know, basic things like that. But to be able to actually just launch an app and say, you know, do this for me, it's it's limited, you know, and it's limited in its accuracy. And that it makes after playing with it becomes clear why why Siri, you know, it has things like intents where it says, well, are you trying to play back something? Are you trying to do this? They're kind of grouped. Are you trying to like do dictation? And they're, they're grouped together ac- activities for which they have a lot of training. If you just take garden variety audio, even if it's completely clear and, and feed it to it, when it works, it works amazingly well. Then, then it won't for some reasons. Um, and then it's also very it, it's processor intensive like crazy. And um, so it's it's like if you've got twenty seconds of audio, it's going to play it back, and it's 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 at best real time. Um, sometimes it's a little bit slower because they'll run over it multiple times. It, it's really fun to to, to see how it works. Um, and then also there are limitations for in that Apple. You know, there's there's a potential server side component. You can actually have all the recognition done on your device, or you can have it done in in the cloud. And there are limits to how many times, if you have to use Apple's cloud services, how many requests you can make. So usually you shouldn't bump up against them, but you might. But in terms of of how it might be used in in future, part of it, and this is the fun thing, is like um, when I work on hacks, I tend to do things that that. A interest me, but B are are at least related to things that I'm working on. So as it turns out, there was a meeting yesterday um, to discuss, you know, uh, to discuss a feature. And as it turns out, <laughs> sorry, I was like thinking, I was like, <laughs> to discuss a feature. <laughs> you, you, I thought you were having a stroke or something. <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> to, to discuss something, and then and well, yes, obviously, I can't talk about everything until after. Happens, um, and so, and as it turns out, one of the one of the questions that came up was like, "Yes, but you know, we have this problem." And it says, "Well, as it turns out, I've been doing some experimentation with it, um, and it had to do with AV mutable composition, so it's just video composition." Um, and and it's like, "Yeah, yeah, we can do that." And so that's kind of interesting too, because um, kind of again related to hacks, oftentimes you have to you have to think more about just the the software. Well, you obviously do, but a lot of what you have to think about is 
the complete demo and then and then the video because you only have a very limited time amount of time to explain something. So oftentimes you have to say, okay, what is the minimum software engineering needed to be able to get something on screen? And then the rest can be done with editing. Well, in this particular case, part of the final product, what the software in the hack was supposed to do is to be able to automate the production of a video of this, this nature. And so I, I started using a tool which would be using the same API so that it would be based in some reality. Like it's no point, I think, to, to build a hack and say, hey, look what you can do on the phone when it wouldn't at all be possible. Well, as concerns video editing, AV mutable composition and, and you know, core animation are so damn powerful. It enables apps that allow you to do unbelievably, you know, complex editing on your phone. Um, and that's pretty amazing. Um, and it's... It's it's really fun to be able to take something out of the realm of hack and then also think about okay well what are the limitations how long would it take to do any of these different things can it be made faster could could this long running process possibly done on the background if you know it's going to eventually have to happen but something else is happening to entertain the user while that's happening so it it you I if, as you can tell I'm kind of excited because it's it, it, working on this reminds me of why I enjoyed software engineering in the first place, because you can do things that are, you know, it's like, wow, I, I made this hunk of glass and metal do something cool. There we are. Our goal in life to make this hunk of glass and metal do something cool. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, what have you done to make hunks of glass and metal do something cool, Scotty? Uh, very little. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, I'll go back to talking about I, this. I, I, <laughs> well, it depends. I, I guess, yeah. I, I guess Max are hunks of glass and metal, aren't they? So, yes. Yeah, so, uh um, whether I'm cool now, uh, mixture of um, client work and money well work this week. Sort of, I've had what's um, uh, it's been quite nice, really. I've had what's uh, so far been a distinctly average week, which mm -hmm. is which is good because a distinctly average week is leaves you you're chugging along, you're getting stuff done, you know, um, you're not necessarily being super duper, but equally, you're not being a complete ass either and um, getting some stuff done and uh, dealing with some things. I've had a a project with a client that went out recently for its first round of testing uh, amongst the users who are going to be using it. And um, that was done with observation testing. So just give them the app and uh, uh, just watch them use it, listen to their questions. Now, it was a rewrite of an app that they'd previously used. So it was, you know, um, it was about you know, what their expectations were. Uh, and a big long list of stuff came out of that. And, uh, um, just you know, then working with the designers, decide you know, decided what's going to do it. Some of that is UI changes, and you know, if you want to understand where you've maybe overcoupled or not coupled your app enough, is you know, take something that's on one screen or one window in the app and move it to a different one and see how easy that is. <laughs> um, you know, if it if it goes smoothly, which it does in lots of cases, it means you've got your um, you know, your decoupling correct and everything's nicely contained. And then when you find yourself you know, either I'm to totally rewrite the whole thing or, you know, maybe write code that is, uh, how shall we say, um, messy. You realize that maybe you've got some dependencies in there you shouldn't have done. So it's uh, um, it's good, though. Um, responding to user feedback and, and getting stuff out is, is good. And, um, you know, the nice thing is, even though you end up with this, like, you know, quite a long list of things that need to be changed, in the context of how big an app is and what it's doing, it's actually still quite a small list. So even though you have to use there saying, oh, I got these, you know, 35 things I now need to go out and, and do, 
you know, you easily realize with the app it could have been 235. So actually it, it's gone down pretty well and you should feel feel pretty pleased. And, um, you know, and, and, and when it's the bits that you were really focusing on is the um, is the main focus of why you, you did the new version of the bits that were all actually liked the most, then that's good as well. So that's 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 quite good fun. That is quite good fun. And on the other side of things, on Moneywell, it's yeah, I've been squashing warnings, uh, which is frustrating because it's work we did a little while ago, and then for various reasons it didn't get merged in, and now the code base has moved on just enough that it's probably better to do it again than try and retrofit from the old branch that's been around a long, long time. Um, so it's a it's that that type of work is a little frustrating. Um, lots of, you know, fixing deprecation warnings. So, you know, I spent a number of hours this morning replacing NSURL connections with uh, URL, um, NSURL session, which is just, just different enough to be annoying. Um, don't be wrong. I prefer the NSURL session way of doing things and, and everything. But yeah, most of this code is an objective C. So of course you're using, uh, you know, the, the, the newer stuff with URL session is uh, completion handler based as opposed to delegate based as the URL connection was. And, you know, if there's one thing that's going to make me grumpy, it's working with blot syntax in Objective-C. <laughs> yes. It doesn't matter, doesn't matter how many times you try and write this stuff. Um, I mean, thank goodness the, the code completion uh, stuff in Xcode 12, you know, is again, it gets a little bit better all the time. Sometimes it, you know, gets its pants on fire and does very stupid things but you know it's 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 pretty good but you know when you have to start writing this stuff by hand and then you're thinking oh you know you get you get more errors like oh i didn't go mark that variable with the underscore underscore block syntax you know that you need to mark it with it's just little stuff but i guess i've been working in objective c just about long enough again now that i have i have started putting semicolons on the end of my swift code so um, (laughs) yeah i am (laughs) I am at that point where I've, I'm not quite competent again at Objective-C, um, but I have totally ruined my Swift. <laughs> it's, <laughs> there I, we are. I feel you. Can I share some more of some similar pains about, about kind of going both ways? You certainly can, yes. Yeah, sometimes you just want to call value for key or value for key path on an array of objects. And it's technically possible to do in Swift, especially if, if your objects are were reconstituted from from json for example in which case you know you can do that but then you always ask like is there a swifty way of doing this and everybody is like kind of looks down it's like no because <laughs> i just find it super elegant and i i understand why you can't have it but this sometimes you just say like this was made things so easy and so easy to 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 to, to reason about as one says um so there, and I, 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 and and I've asked multiple people, saying, "Is there, is there, you know, am I missing something?" And I haven't heard, uh, you know, uh, uh, whatever a satisfactory response other than it's like, "Well, you know, you just don't do things that way." It reminds me of, you know, times early on when I'd ask my wife, "How would you say this in Italian?" She always says, "You don't, you wouldn't <laughs> get over it." <laughs> it's like, yeah. but it's such a great expressive like? idea. Can... Can can I have a hot dog? <laughs> Something like that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and you just, you just got to realize, slap around the face. Yeah. And you just stop being such a naughty boy. Yeah. Well, I mean, there there are certain things about languages that really are, you know, form the basis of what, what a language's essence is. Um, 
and if you, you you can't do it you can't do it don't and and stop it's it's like it's like i can't believe san francisco is not like new york it's like well it's not so get over it stop trying and and vice versa so yeah why would you want it to be i mean don't get me wrong i love yeah. new york and i love san francisco but their the, the differences is what makes them great yeah precisely <laughs> yes so you remember last week <laughs> this is i find this quite funny and uh, eye-opening for us but remember last week i said that i'd been going through uh stuff i wanted to find out about how to find um uh duplicate import statements, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Import uh-huh. statements that weren't used and that sort of stuff and um and uh, uh i asked if there was anybody out there who could um who could who could help me who knew of a better way than what i was doing and um our friend georg who um is still doing far too much listening as far as i'm concerned uh, to this podcast and, and really someone should you know take him off the ship no uh, but he 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 put out a tweet that did 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 make me laugh because um i'm hoping there was a typo in there um and uh yeah i was reading it, i think oh gail's about to be helpful to me instead of just slagging me <laughs> off but he said he said mac Devnet, a few years ago i was also cleaning dead code the procedure i did a very primitive one is far too long for a twit <laughs> that's good i love that <laughs> and i was thinking is he calling me a twit <laughs> in other words it's or is he or labeling he typed, himself a twit? <laughs> yeah. Has, has, is he calling himself a twit or has he just mistypo tweet? Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's in there. So um, uh, if if you were saying, Georg, you have a way of helping me that's far too long for a tweet, then I thank you for your help. Um, if, you, uh, if you were saying that you have a method that was very basic but still too complicated for a twit like me, then... I, I guess I'm still going to thank you for your efforts. <laughs> to me, both of this sounds me. like you're just like in Animal House in that scene where you're being paddled and you're saying, thank you, sir, may I have another? <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, dear. We do, we need to find someone else for Georg to take out his, get, take out his spare time on because, you know, he's, he's giving me far too much, far, far too much attention. Uh, yes. So, uh, so um, Georg may have an answer for me, but I'm, I don't know what it is because I'm a twit. Hmm. Yeah. Or unable to get it into in, into a tweet. Uh, so, is anything else happened this week? Uh, something interesting. Something you know. It, 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 there's been lots of discussions in, in popular media about about things that don't age well. Everything from from like me, you know, doctors. Well, yes, Doctor <laughs> Seuss books, Tintin books, or Tintin if you're you're French or Belgian. Um, all of which is true. It's like things that, that were written or produced 50 years ago, even 10 years ago, you wouldn't do. Stand-up humor that would, would, you know, would be laughed at, would now be cringeworthy. And I was giving a presentation yesterday, and I used a, a segment from The Simpsons trying to illustrate a point about things, the potential for things to get lost in translation. And in fact, my attempt to explain that itself got lost in translation where i had some feedback from people saying it's like you know that stuff doesn't age well it's like i know it doesn't age well i mean and it, i mean it's not even the fact whether it ages well or not it wasn't it was a, a the simpsons is is such a parody show that and that i remember when it came out what the con you know such controversy like i can't believe that you would have something that that you know has such such vulgar people you know and and everything from the way they look to the things they say and, 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 you know, eat my shorts and, and celebrating stupidity and all that kind of stuff. And, and all of which is true, but I, I think that the, the writing of it is extremely clever 
and the 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 spoofs they do the satire they do is incredibly clever as well um but the problem is is that if if you know some people either you know either don't believe it's satire think that they're really promoting an idea that they're saying yes the world should be like this and we want it to be like that versus saying this is how it comes off this is how how it's holding up a mirror to allow people to see things and and one of the things that you learn when you give talks is is if you use humor, and you know me, I like to use humor, um, it, it can be really challenging because you can do something and then people say, oh, that's really funny. I really get it. You know, and other people say, I can't believe you did that. And then you have to go explain. It's like, this was my intent. So, A, I'm, I'm sorry that it, it failed and that's on me. Um, but just please know that my intent was this. So, it, 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 that's always the case, but it becomes a little bit trickier when you're delivering a talk you know, over Google Hangout or Zoom where, you know, when you're futzing around trying to make sure that your embedded audio plays and you have to go jump through hoops where you have your your presentation play back in another tab and then cast it into the meeting, it gets to the point where you really can't see um, the audience when you're giving the presentation, plus you're preoccupied trying to make sure that stuff works. It's hard to gauge. And then you kind of have to look for the ongoing chat or to listen afterwards to see how did, how did things work. Whereas if, if you're doing something in front of a live audience, um, you know, if you have a, a modern setup with a speaker's view and a speaker's monitor and all that kind of stuff, a confidence monitor, I, I learned it was called, um, uh, it's, it's a different situation. So that was something that was on my mind from this week. Have you have you ever run into that? And you've given lots of talks. Yeah, it's. I mean, because I don't tend to give talks. I give talks a few times and then move on. I, I, and I've not necessarily been back and watched the videos on them, so I'm not sure how they've aged or not aged. I don't necessarily have the the aging problem. I the because I've given talks all over the world. You have the cultural issues, right? That yeah, some some things work in places and some things don't. Uh, but. Yeah, when you speak enough, you you begin to learn very quickly what's working with an audience and what isn't. So you can you you know if your humour's going down okay or not normally right. by the look on faces. And so you just begin to you know my humour is very rarely written into the talk. My humour is like asides and glibs that I put in in around it. Although the overall theme of the talk sometimes is, is humorous um and and when you've done that and it's going wrong then you are in serious trouble because you've got nowhere else to go because right. it is the whole talk um yeah but that's if to do that remotely um you know where you it's a lot harder because you can't hear the laughter you're not so you can't tell if the faces are smiling or grimacing at you um yeah you have to be a bit more careful um and i guess the more times you do different places so like for example you know um Although every American I've ever spoken to in a conference would tell me I'm very sarcastic, you know, I you would not believe how much I dial back the sarcasm when I'm speaking in America <laughs> yeah. compared to in the UK because you know almost the purest form of comedy in the UK is sarcasm. <laughs> Whereas you know Americans, I mean, I don't want to be too general, but you know a lot of Americans struggle with sarcasm. You know, they don't. I guess it depends how wide their cultural you know if they go to a lot of conferences with lots of different people maybe they're more used to it so it doesn't end as well what i do find tends to work everywhere is self-deprecation um people always like people making fun of themselves because then it's not you making fun of them and i do a lot of that because i have a lot of material to work with there Mm. (laughs) yeah so it is but it is it is funny and but you do have to be careful culturally about you know um you know 
being not being overly offensive to somebody um, in a way that would be just very glib in the West. But, you know, in the East is, you know, incredibly offensive to say something about somebody, even though you're doing it, you know, with, with a total light heart. Yeah. And, and I guess I think things change as well. You can't always assume that it's OK to say certain things because it, it does change um, normally for the better. I think, you know, we, we go through phases, you know, humor. I, I, I guess we have to be careful because humor is often on the edge of offense. And there is a fine line between offense and funny. Um, and so you you might find as as culturally things changing, hopefully get better that some humor then becomes unacceptable. But equally, sometimes you need humor to be unacceptable because it has highlighting how unacceptable things are. And I think, you know, it's a very, you know, this is way off of the tech subject now. So I think, um, you know, the day that humor cannot be offensive at all is possibly the day that humor dies or becomes overly safe. Um, yeah, so there's that. That's that's a very fine balancing act of which I'm not necessarily sure I am qualified to speak on, but I I do sort of get is an issue, and you have to be careful there. You have to be careful. Yeah, well, I think that that all points out to to something that also getting it back to to Twitter and, and uh, is uh, some of the discussions about about the wager <laughs> of who's going to win the, the the epic battle between Georg and Scotty. Is I said that you know mentioned Whiskey Lab because that was a fun part of NS Conference and immediately it's like did somebody say Whiskey Lab? But I think yeah, that, that that's... was wasn't that Christopher Atlan was up there, wasn't yes, he? Yes, the man and, who the man who shot the ducks. Yes, exactly. Oh, that that's funny. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, he didn't. He just requested that somebody would said, "Would some American please go? Who has a gun? Who must certainly have a gun? Please shoot the dog." And we also spoke about it a few weeks ago because he's now the the main man behind Kaleidoscope as well. That's so. right. Well, so and 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 isn't that all great? I mean, that's one of the nice, wonderful things about in person conferences that that I so dearly miss. Um, and I just I have to hope and believe it will it will. It will come back because I think it really does help because especially if, if they are really international conferences, you get to spend a little time and, and break down stereotypes. Um, and the only way to really do that is to, to, to talk to people. And uh, it's a lot easier to do that when you're face to face than you know behind a keyboard with some level of, of indirection and anonymity to, to, to hide your unwillingness to, to listen. Well, I have a plan to how to defeat my arch nemesis, Georg. Oh, yes. Um, Next week, I'm trying to work out which one of us is sat in a swivel chair with a cat on our lap. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which which one of us is the baddie? Hmm. Yes. <laughs> Have you ever seen that um, uh, Michelin Web sketch UK comedy team uh, where they are? Uh, uh, they're dressed in World War Two SS uniforms and they have the conversation. Uh, yeah, France. Have you ever considered that we might be the baddies? Oh, I, I have. I think, or I think you even showed it yeah. to me some time ago. That would be something Excellent. for the show notes. Uh, uh, yes, we'll, put, we'll find that point of discussion. One of us, one of us has to work out which one of us is the baddies. Mm. You've got to have a good and bad in this situation. Well, Scott, anyway, I have a pl- <laughs> I have a plan how to defeat him, which I will hopefully reveal next week as I as I crush him in a. In, in a blow that will will leave him as mincemeat upon the floor. Oh, that I, we can all look forward to that. Well, Scott, I was <laughs> going to say, if nothing else, one thing that you could do is you could just basically make a screen recording of Xcode compiling at least some number of, of, of files with no warnings 
And then you could ship an app where you launch the app. And what it does is it launches that screen movie with a little picture in picture of you with your eyebrows arched up and, and Sam and, and, and Matt can join if they like, where they can say, huh, huh, see that, see that it compiles with no warnings. Isn't that awesome? And then the app just stops. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, have, yeah. have you been reading my have you been reading my plan notes no shit i hope that's not what <laughs> no, that no. john that, that that's far too much work oh. <laughs> it's far too much work no. No. i mean no warnings are you mad yeah it's true yeah yeah all right well scotty i think since we've arrived at this point with with few warnings we might should wrap it up we should so john when uh people want to uh heap praise upon you for your for your magnificence and your your rightness, where should they do it? Oh, they should do that in the place where everybody heaps praise upon each other. Twitter, where you'll find me as Jembe. That's D J E M B E, like the West African drum. And Scotty, if people want to um, either share your love of no warnings or give more warnings, where might they do that? Well, if you get in the queue behind Georg, you could do it on Twitter. Um, <laughs> But uh, I'm sure he's using up all the tweets that are available for the week. Um, uh, <laughs> where I am, where I am, Mac Devnet. Yes, I I do need someone to say something to me. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I need I need someone someone to balance out Georg in some form. Yes, mm. <laughs> there we are. We love you, Georg. But I'm still gonna crush you. <laughs> no, he's not. <gasps> oh, right. Well, there we are, John. It has been another week of. Uh, I have no idea where we've been, but we've been somewhere, and hopefully, someone has come with us on, on the, the journey. Or, <laughs> well, well, we've left them in a ditch halfway around, one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> no, no such thing as no man left behind on this podcast. It's everyone for himself. Yeah. Right. Thank you for listening, everyone. And until next time, you're not going to say it this week, are you? There we are. You still can't Damn. get it right. Damn it! <laughs> I shut up this time so we couldn't get it wrong, and you've just there we are. I mean, I would would say to Sam you could cut that out editing, but he'll just make the pause even longer to make it really <laughs> Oh great, thanks Sam. <laughs> oh, and I think I've got trouble with Gail. Right. Thanks everyone.